1: Hello, everyone. I'm Jinx Monsoon, and welcome to Hi, Jinx with me, Jinx Monsoon. Today, my guest is the queen of daytime talk. It's undisputed. If you want to fight me on it, uh, (laughs) I'll kill you. It's Ricky Lake. (laughs) Ricky Lake is such an iconic performer, talk show personality, um, ally to the queer community. If you don't know her from her work with John Waters, then you maybe know her from The Ricky Lake Show, or maybe you're listening to her podcast, Raised by Ricky. But today, you're going to get to know her on a very intimate level as we talk politics, love, life, and. <laughs> being Virgos, all today on Hijinx. So buckle up, hunker down, and sink your teeth into some brand new jinks M. Oh. M. Mom! Hi everyone, I'm Jinx Monsoon, and welcome to Hi Jinx, a podcast where I, an internationally tolerated drag superstar, get to interview compelling and fascinating people about how they became who they are and why they do what they do. Today, we are joined by icon, television host, Emmy winner actress, and the original Tracy Turnblad. I'm saying the original Tracy Turnblad. (laughs) Ricky Lake. Hi, Ricky.
0: Hi, Jinx. (laughs) It's such a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you for that great intro. It's such a
1: pleasure to talk to you, too. You know, um let's let's start with hairspray. I feel like I feel like it's where we have to start. And I I've been thinking about this all morning because um one of my drag sisters Alaska once said that like uh drag queen you, you don't choose to be a drag queen. The clouds just part and then you get the me- like the the calling uh, the call from I would call divine. It, say, right yeah As, oh the call
0: from divine yeah yeah like that divine that mi- that is
1: Mufasa in the clouds saying Absolutely. you're a drag queen
0: <laughs> or Ursula Ursula in the clouds because remember Ursula was based on divine I don't know if they ever Absolutely. actually admitted that but there's no doubt in my mind yeah there's
1: a picture of divine where she looks so much like Ursula that it's like Okay. There, there's no, there's no guessing anymore. <laughs> there's they no ripped speculation. her off. Yes, yeah. yes,
0: yes. Yeah. No. So, I, Divine is. I. I mean, where do I begin? I, I. I cannot. You know. I. I was super green and naive and young, and I'd never been exposed to even openly gay people before. I had the summer of my life making hairspray <laughs> with John Waters and Divine and all the cast of Dreamland characters, you know, all the people yeah. behind the scenes that work with John over and over again. It was, um, an awakening, I would say for yeah. me. And, uh, <laughs> it was just the privilege of my life to, to work with Divine on, on his last, I mean, I think it was one of his last, he went on to make another movie, I think after Hairspray, but before Hairspray, you know, he died eight days after Hairspray opened. Yeah. So, um, it's still, it's such a loss. He was 42 years of age. I mean, it was just, it was just awful.
1: Yeah. Um, But Hairspray, like such a significant film and such a wonderful, like, I mean, what a wonderful swan song for Divine to go out on, you know, and Divine just like, but because we talk a lot about RuPaul being, you know, like, uh what, one of the first mainstream um drag personas to be a household name but before RuPaul there was Divine Absolutely. and divine like um uh, Div- so few of my friends know this but divine actually started an episode of um all in the family, like I, I believe. Was it, was it all in, in the family? family. Well,
0: well, the, the the role he was doing right. when he before he died was married
1: with children. He was doing an episode yeah. married,
0: and that's you know he didn't wake up. He was going to, he was supposed to go to rehearsal and he never woke mm-hmm. up. He died in his sleep. You yeah, know, he was an actor. Like like Divine never considered himself to be even. I mean, he was definitely a drag queen, but he was paid. He was a paid mm-hmm. actor to dress in drag. He wasn't, mm-hmm. as they would say back then, they said transvestite or trans yeah. tra- for transgender, and he was. You know, he wasn't. He was he was adamant that he was an actor that was paid to dress in drag.
1: Yeah, but his his impact on the drag community is undeniable, and I, I I like to you know like I I piece together stories in my head, and knowing that this is your debut film, and then to see you go on to do more films with John Waters, and then. Um, me growing up with your talk show is kind of like now, as an adult, I look back retrospectively and I'm like, oh, there's so much about your talk show that I'm like, it has to be, it ha- had to have been influenced by the people you were around in your early acting career.
0: Absolutely. I was exposed to just all different walks of life. And I think, you know, we're, we're breaking it down now because I'm doing my own podcast about my mm-hmm. old show. And I, you know, I have to be honest, I never really did a lot of reflecting on what I what we did with the show. I was sort of, when we were doing it, it was a grind and we did 200 mm-hmm. shows a year. And it was, you know, it was definitely groundbreaking television in a lot of ways. But looking back on the connections between my introduction with John Waters to this whole world and then mm-hmm. doing my show. And, you know, what we did back then in the nineties, which was pretty radical was we treated every relationship story equally. So all the mm-hmm. gay stories that we'd have, we'd never sort of announce it. Here comes the gay, you know, twist. <laughs> we just treated everyone equally. And, you know, mm-hmm. that was really big for representation for, you know, and, and, and I didn't realize how big, you know, to me, I was just treating everybody the way I want to be treated But it was very impactful for young people growing up in the middle of nowhere in, you know, the U.S. where they would, you know, not necessarily see people that look like them or sound like them or, yeah? Do you relate to that?
1: Absolutely. I was going to say, I saw, you know, like, I grew up in Portland, Oregon, so I was at my first drag show at, like, 14 years (laughs) old, like, but- Lucky. um,
0: Consider yourself
1: lucky that you had that exposure. I was very, very lucky, but before, um, you know, before my teenage years as a kid, um, I remember seeing my first drag queens, my first trans women on your show, and... Um, it actually kind of ignited a conversation between me and my mother about my gender identity at a very, very young age. (laughs) Wow. Um, Yeah, and I always have said this, and I'm not just saying this because you're my guest today, but I've always said this. I felt like there was a huge difference Between um, the way your guests were treated, your um, LGBTQ plus guests, your drag queen and trans female guests at that time in the 90s when... You know, there was a lot of a lot of that on t- um, daytime talk shows, but there's a really big difference between the way I felt like I was watching it on your show versus the um, the quote that is now like famous in, <laughs> in the drag community. That's a man, Maury, where it was like <laughs>
0: <laughs> I never, I
1: haven't heard that. That's so
0: funny. Uh,
1: well, because... Oh, my- Maury oftentimes would have like a lineup of women and the audience would try to guess which ones were trans women and which ones were um perceived female at birth. And so and you're saying the
0: tone was different. The way they did those shows was a different feel yeah. than
1: our show. I, I mean there I, were, I there was an exploitative tone to it. Absolutely. Right. And there was a little bit like let's all let's all gawk at the, right. the I, weirdos, yeah, I, you know? I, I can see that. <laughs> no,
0: I think our show was much more of a celebration of all different types of people. Um, it was a feel good show. It was a party atmosphere. It it wasn't like, you know, we definitely had surprises, but it wasn't like, gotcha. Mm -hmm. It was more like, aha, like, you know, it was, it was, it was more positive, I think. And maybe that does have something to do with, you know, me coming on the scene and hosting my show at such a young age. I was, you know, 24 Mm -hmm. when I went on the air. I'm now 54. So do the math. It was 30 years ago that my (laughs) show launched. Yeah, it's crazy. And, um, I don't know. I guess, you know, there's like a there's a relatability to me. People trust me. They, you know, root I was the underdog, the consummate underdog as Tracy Turnblad. And I think that carried <laughs> over to my doing my, you know, my show. And uh, you know, I'm proud I'm proud of what we were able to do, you know, on mm-hmm. that show and to really give a voice to the marginalized and to the unrepresented, the underdogs out there, and to treat everybody with respect and dignity.
1: Yeah. You know, I, I definitely and I was thinking about this this morning and um, I've been talking about this a lot in interviews and on this podcast lately. But there is just such a difference um, when when you can tell that something was created with love by members of the community represented Mm-hmm. In that project versus outsiders trying to, and that and that's why I was kind of like piecing things together. I'm like, well, her film debut was Hairspray, the John Waters film crew, like you mentioned, and that film in particular, such a huge cast, so many influential performers. The message is amazing. Um, and it's still, it's still so relevant today, you know, the absolutely. message. Yeah. And it was a movie about body positivity before body positivity were two words that we put together in our everyday conversation. Ab- absolutely. You know? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And I think it was
0: really effective. You know, John Waters, you know, thank God he picked me. Thank God. But I think it was believable that my character, Tracy, could win the contest and get the guy, you know? And... Um, <laughs> yeah, it was so fun to play her. It was so fun. And I'm so proud. I'm so proud. Like, like each iteration that happens, I have to say that mm-hmm. when the when the Broadway production came out with Marissa Jarrett Winoker, that was the hardest for me to kind of let go and let it move on with yeah. a new Tracy. <laughs> that was a really hard pill to swallow. But I, you know, now it's been so many years. And, you know, it's just it's yeah. just it's just amazing that it's just lived on. And everyone, you know, high schools are doing these productions. It's just it's great. And it's so I important. Know.
1: And, and it's one of those beautiful examples of like, you know, um, uh, a, a, like a period piece, something being set in a specific time, but then seeing so easily how it's parallel to what we're going through today. And then I think that in itself is so poignant because um, I think Americans love to think uh, Americans love to tell themselves, well, oh, all, all the bad stuff happened in the past. Like we mm-hmm. don't do that kind of stuff anymore. But then yes. you see you see these um scenes in the 60s played out and you realize, "Oh, I could totally see that still happening today." Like that's not like it, it's it, it, the, the, it's so well written that way. It's very very easy for everyone to digest the message.
0: And then the Absolutely. music's amazing. <laughs> I know. Well, but the, but the music from the original film is very different than the musical obviously. Yes, so people think yes. that I sang, you know, in the movie. No, I didn't sing in the original. I did sing in the next one. I was, you know, they put me in, I had a cameo and I sang on the soundtrack of the second film. But um no, it's 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 been an incredible thing and I think um the legacy of that film, you know, lives on. And John Waters, who's you know still a dear friend of mine, I just mm-hmm. I just saw him, I guess like a month and a half ago, and he's going to be making another movie. He just oh, got yeah. his next movie greenlit, which he hasn't made a movie in 20 years. So yeah. I'm I'm hopeful he'll find a role for me because I you know I told him I'm available. <laughs> I don't really act much anymore, but of course of
1: course if he would give me something
0: to do, I would you know mop the floor for him
1: my my favorite thing anytime um i'm watching a john waters movie for the first time is um it's kind of like playing bingo like find mink stole you know
0: <laughs> like, exactly i just saw mink who's too. She be? mink just turned i think she just turned 70 or 75 something like that yeah. she just had a big she- birthday
1: She is one of the most, I've worked with her a handful of times, um, uh, performing live with Peaches Christ, who I feel. I love,
0: I I, I know Peaches, I love Peaches. I'm just talking about (laughs) her on my podcast, Peaches. Yeah. Yes, yes.
1: I've, uh, peaches is my drag mom she adopted me some years ago and we've been working together for years she she brought John into my life she brought mink into my life mm. um, it's a it's actually a wonder um, that she didn't bring you into my life I know sooner. I don't know um. I haven't seen peaches in a really really
0: long time but you must know do you know Eureka and Bob the drag queen? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I just we had them on the podcast um separately just in the mm-hmm. last couple of weeks. It hasn't aired yet, but um I'm 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 obsessed with We're Here. <laughs> I am obsessed. I just got turned on to it by Kaylin Allen, my co-host. It's brilliant. Yeah. It's it's brilliant. It is it, it,
1: so. It's like two Wong Fu in real life. First and a of little all, bit of Priscilla,
0: is, Priscilla Queen ab- of the Desert too. Right?
1: Absolutely, it's got all of those elements to it. And I know they knew what they were doing. I mean, it's just too well done. Um, but what I love about it. Slash hate about it Because it makes me feel things And I hate feeling things um, I but, love feeling
0: things Really
1: <laughs> oh, I live I, for feeling things Listen <laughs> I like feeling certain things um, But <laughs> um, No I, I just I have not watched A single episode Of We Are Here That did not Personally affect me yeah. Personally move me I always end up crying I'm so proud Of my sisters on that show There, It's um, really
0: important And I, I did like I honestly, some of the things I just slipped through the cracks, and I, I'm not aware of them, and why no one ever told me until now. I just started watching it a couple weeks ago, and it's just so important. I just think, like we said, representation. But like the, the these and, and Shangela, by the way, do you know Shangela too?
1: <laughs> of course. Oh my
0: gosh. Okay, Shand- I'm dying. Shand- I'm dying to meet her because she's killing it on Dancing with the Stars, and I think it's I so know. cool that they have a drag queen on and, and you've on Disney Plus. On- Yeah, (laughs) Yes, I did Dancing with the Stars. I did. And I have such a just a soft spot in my heart for that show Mm. and my experience. And it's just the most well produced couple of hours of television a week. It's brilliant. (coughs) It's brilliant. And Shangela is so great on it. And I love
1: seeing a drag queen for the first time on the show. Just I love it. Absolutely, and Shangela is just one of those people. Anytime you see her, you're just like she was. She was just made for television. This totally. is just a person a who superstar. was star. She would have found her way to uh, in front of a camera, somewhere one way or another. I I love her. I'm I'm obsessed. I have to talk to you about another film um, that you starred in that is one of, it's another John Waters, it's one of my favorite films of all time, and it's called Serial Mom. I didn't know whether you going to say, Cry Baby or Serial Mom. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I mean, I love Cry Baby, um, it's definitely iconic, but for me, Serial Mom had such an impact on the development of my Character, this like you know, I love the veneer of someone who's really like seems really kind and friendly, but she's got this dark, twisted side, and no yeah. one would ever and guess. Yeah, Kathleen Turner, you got to give her props. She she was oh, so good
0: in that role. She was so deadpan, and you know, she's got like this edge to her too. Just her her who she is, Kathleen Turner, and she just brought. I, I thought she was brilliant in that film, and um, yeah, I played her daughter. And I worked with Matthew Lillard and Sam Waterston and Suzanne Summers and you know all the all the people. It was an it was a incredible
1: cast, and the story is just so. I mean, like, <laughs> it's just such a simple plot. It's a it, it's a housewife, um, perfect suburbs, a nuclear family. <laughs> And, and and the mom is also a serial killer. And there's yeah. just not much more to it than that, but it's so fucking brilliant. <laughs> Mama's and watching all- Annie. Remember that? Remember
0: that? Like there's so yeah. many one-liners. Pussy Willows, Dottie.
1: <laughs> Pussy Willows. Oh. I mean. <laughs> if if anyone listening hasn't seen the film, but you've seen a drag queen perform that that, that phone call between Kathleen Turner and Mink Stoll. With the Pussy Willows, Dottie. Um, it's, it's iconic in, in the drag world. Um, you are iconic in the drag world. <laughs> and you're doing, um, you, you've already mentioned your own podcast. Um, it's called Raised by Ricky. Um, and the title, right? It's all about the old show, and it's been
0: really, really fun. I'm working with this amazing company, Lemonada Media, hands down. They know not only podcasting, like the business, but the, the content, the level of content that they put out. I'm just a, I'm a total fan of theirs, and um, yeah, we partnered on this project. They came to me with this idea specifically to look at the old show with '90s nostalgia being so huge. You know, my mm-hmm. show is really not available. You can only find clips on YouTube. that's never been kind of exploited with you know the company Sony that, that owns the content, mm-hmm. and so it just felt and, and Sony came on board to help us to, to get let us license the clips. We we play clips on the on the podcast and we break it down. Mm-hmm. And it's really fun. And particularly, I love that Kalen Allen, I don't know if you know who he is, he's a superstar. Kalen Allen came mm-hmm. out of Ellen, kind of discovered him from his food vid- critique videos. <laughs> but he's 26, he's black, he's gay, and he didn't grow up with Ricky. So it's uh-huh. like to watch it with him through his eyes and his perspective is really interesting. And um, I'm having a
1: blast doing it. <laughs> Podcasting is, I mean, just doing this podcast, I've gotten to talk to so many people who've had such a huge influence on my life. So many people who have made such an impact in the in the queer community, and it's all because. Of <laughs> we get microphones in our computers. And we do it in our underwear. Like literally <laughs> do. I do it in my house.
0: It, it's really kind of a dream for me where mm-hmm. I am in my life now. I'm 54. Mm-hmm. I'm not retired, but I very much appreciate my time of leisure. You know, I'm yeah. new, I'm a newlywed and I'm living in my new house that I've, I've been building for a very long time in Malibu. And so my downtime is super important to me. So this podcast gig is like, it. you know, yes, it's a significant amount of time. Like it's definitely a job. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I really, I, re- I mean, it's amazing to have these incredible people come on. We have this like music critic come out, come on and talk about like how the show is really instrumental in presenting new music, you know, young music, Britney Spears, all of them were on my show first because <laughs> we had that audience and it's just having Rosie O'Donnell on and, you know, Andy Cohen talk about how, you know, Real Housewives is derived somewhat from <laughs> my old show in a lot of yeah. ways, you know? So it's just really fascinating. And um, I'm, yeah, I just I, I never have because my career has always been like on to the next thing. I've done a lot in mm-hmm. my 30 years. So I don't really look back. I kind of am looking like what's next, you know? Yeah, And um, it is fun to look back and to look back with others on this this show and the phenomenon that it was. Absolutely. May I ask what your sign is? What do you want to guess what I am? What do you think I am?
1: Oh, I'm so bad at guessing, and then it always makes me look like uh, uh, <laughs> like I okay, was well trying a, to I'm show off. By asking. I'm a
0: Virgo. <gasps> I was. <laughs> I
1: Did you know that? Are it, you a Virgo? Like because me? Because I'm a Virgo, and I should have just had the conviction to say it. But that you should have.
0: Being a Virgo, was, you
1: should have known. What is when is your I, birthday? Um, September 18th. <laughs> I'm the 21st. And you you know, Michelle Visage is the 20th. Is she? It's a very concentrated little clump of type A show people Virgos. Well, September 18th is significant
0: in my life because I had a house fire on that day. Oh, really? In 2010. It was this crazy, weird, it was an accident. I accidentally started the fire, but it was like oh, totally, no. oh yeah, my it God. was not, I didn't do anything wrong. I did this, this, this thing I, anyway, I lit this lit this thing and it exploded in this little beach house oh, I was renting. It was, an, it was very traumatizing, but it changed the trajectory. Of my life in a lot of ways, I met my my husband, my future husband, Christian, not my new husband, my future uh, husband, Christian, who passed away sad tragically mm-hmm. in 2017. But what I got out of that relationship with him, who I became through the journey of falling in love with him, having this, you know, this union and this marriage, and then him being bipolar and ultimately mm-hmm. taking his life, what, mm-hmm. what, what that I don't know what that taught me, who I became. There were so many kind of blessings and and it was like I don't know if you believe in things happening for a reason or everything happens mm-hmm. in divine timing, like, but but I, you know, it was it was like divine intervention when this house fire happened, but it happened on your birthday <laughs> in 2010. <laughs>
1: I, I I mean, I don't – I was going to apologize, but it sounds like no, maybe I, I don't need to. Um. It, it was – it was all – it's
0: all good. It's all, it all – I mean, I can't say it's all good, but I've you yeah, know, made peace I, with all that has gone down, and my life is in the most beautiful place it's ever been. Like, honestly, I consider you know, myself to be a super happy person. I've had t- tons of, you know, amazing experiences and abundance in my life, but this time, my 50s, with my new husband, is – the most joyous and beautiful time I've ever, I ever could have imagined experiencing, you know? And I think it comes down to like, I, I, at this age, I'm like, I'm really in a place of like real, real self-love and acceptance. You know, mm-hmm. I really, truly, I like myself. I like that, the work that I do and have done. And I I love who I am now. So it's just like, and, and I have this man who all, feels the same way, you know, and it's like, we've come together as empty nesters. We have six kids <laughs> between us, six grown kids and a grandbaby. And, um, we're living the fucking high life, man. We are so. This sounds stoked. like the.
1: Re- you could do the reboot of the Brady Bunch. <laughs>
0: you got <six laughs> kind kids of but not. I mean, two. it would be. I don't know. I find it. It would be an interesting story. My my, my husband is a, is a former devout Mormon, so he oh, comes wow. from a totally different world. I'm a nice well, Jewish girl, you know.
1: Yeah. yeah. Every- Everything you were just mentioning and talking about, and you you mentioned, you know, like you experienced loss, you experienced um, trauma, I'm sure. And, And then you also are talking about how all of that has led to you being in this wonderful place. And I just, I have been practicing in my own life trying to look at, you know, everything that happens is like, how can I... You know, how can I let this teach me what I need for my next, for the next moment, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's, you know, like I've, I I think that's kind of a coping mechanism that some people with traumatic childhoods do is like, (laughs) if I can't apply it to my, especially a type A Virgo, but if I can't apply it and learn something from it or grow from it, then it just feels kind of like um, indulgent. <laughs>
0: but, I, but I think I think we are
1: growing, whether we know whether we feel
0: it or not. Like I think yeah. in the end, like hindsight, you know, is twenty twenty, and you see, ah,
1: like that's what I got out of that fucked up experience, you know. Absolutely, I think it's a really good survival tactic to learn, uh, to to kind of be able to. I guess it's patience, you know. I don't <laughs> have that. <laughs> I do not
0: patience. I I'm terrible with, you know, God doesn't give you everything, I guess, right? I'm mm-hmm. I am the most imper- impatient, impulsive person. <laughs> but I usually, you know, land on I, my feet um, pretty much. Found like this I, very, you know, very... I jump feet or I jump and I usually it works out in the end. I would say so. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I feel, yeah, yeah. I have no, I, I have no complaints.
1: I feel like the second you want to sing um, um, "I'm Still Here" from yeah. Company, I know uh-huh. that you're a big Broadway fan. I am. Um, <laughs> I'm
0: not a huge fan of Company though. I'm not like when I when you said I, "I'm Here" when you said that song. What I think uh-huh. of is Shirley MacLaine in Postcards from the Edge. Do you remember when she sings that? <laughs> Or is it Meryl Streep that sings it in Postcards from the Edge? It's I am still here. No, it's it's Shirley McLean. Yeah, right? it's Shirley McLean. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um yeah.
1: <laughs> I I was not a big fan of company other than, you know, I love Elaine Stritch. Uh, I, of course, I love hearing of Elaine course. Stritch sing her songs from Company. But um I saw the new. Um, I know, I missed it. Company. I heard it was
0: brilliant. I heard it, I know. I saw a really bad production of Company. I've seen it a couple times, but the last time I saw mm. it was in the West End and it was not good years and years ago. But I know this new, the latest one was so, so special. Oh, it-
1: I, I saw it on the West End. Patty LuPone was there. She's saying I'm Still Here. Um, anyway, this is such a tangent. I was just going to say, <laughs> um, you know, you're supposed to wait until like your, your 60s or your 70s to sing that song. I think you've earned the right in your mid-50s oh my gosh, to sing really? that song as soon as I know, you feel so like It's so funny
0: to <laughs> people, cause, because I've been around for, for so long and I started <laughs> so young that people like, you know, it's like they, they can't believe, I mean, it's just, yeah, it's like they. they have to come to terms with like, okay, she's, she's still, I'm still pretty young. I'm still relatively for, for all I've done, you know, it seems like (laughs) I should be older.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, I found this very, very interesting in my outline, um, And I think it speaks to the impact that the the Ricky Lake Show had. But this is a list of all the songs, um, maybe not even all the songs, but this is a list of songs that mention um, the Ricky Lake Show in their lyrics. (laughs) okay. The Needin' Game by Insane Clown Posse, Pretty Fly for a White Guy by The Offspring, Strong by Robbie Williams, Lovesick yeah. by TLC, Hole in the Head by Sugar Babes, Till the World Ends A Femme Fatale Remix by Britney Spears featuring Nicki Minaj and Kesha, How That Taste by Kalani Money good by Megan Thee Stallions. Oh my God. Shady I don't Blades even know by these, a lot of
0: these. Oh my God. And
1: then a song called Ricky Lake by Netta. By Netta, <laughs> by Netta. I know that one.
0: Yeah. It's 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 wild. It's so funny because, like, yeah, I guess like there, you know, the show was this thing for s- so many, and it was mm. global. You know, it was like I was just in Copenhagen and I was like being recognized for, you know, my show in a place I'd never been before. It was it's it's surreal. It's surreal. <laughs>
1: But, um, yeah, yeah that's have crazy. You, have there been times where you're just in the car listening to the radio and then all of a sudden someone's singing your name and you're not expecting
0: it? Yeah, that's happened. That's happened. And, you know, I, I've been that answer on Jeopardy, which is definitely like, oh, my God, I've arrived, you know. It's, it's, it's wild. Yeah. It's, it's like my name is not just my name. It's like a brand or something, you know.
1: Since you've been talking about this in um, your podcast, and I can't give any spoilers away from my next show, but we've been talking a lot about 90s nostalgia, um, working on um, my next tour with Bende La Creme. I want to know your take on it. Why do you think the 90s stand out in such a significant way? And why do you think people in this age group from 30 to 50s, 30s to 50s, we're all kind of like trying to recapture some kind of magic from the 90s.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't know,
1: like I don't know really.
0: Like I have my own take, but I looking back, uh-huh. you know, pre-real internet, you know, pre-smartphones, like we were mm. all just in the moment more, I think. We were all yeah. like less distracted. You know, certainly with my show, one of the things about the show is that. It didn't have really any real competition because there weren't thousands we weren't fragmented with our no. our our ways of getting you know media and television and entertainment. So it was like you know, the show to watch that you know people ran home from school, watched it, and then talked about it the next day. You know, it's just like was like the, the thing. Courtney Collins show. Exactly. So I think <laughs> it was a simpler, you know, it was a simpler time. You think pre-911, you know? Yeah, it's like Things were, were they better? I mean, it was different. You know, there's, there's mm-hmm. pluses and minuses, but I look back with such fondness of those 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 times of living in New York. I lived in the West Village. Um, funny, Andy Cohen was my very good friend and neighbor during that time, and <laughs> it was just it was just. I mean, I I I I loved I loved those days. You know, 9-11 mm-hmm. really changed New York for me. I ended up leaving. I ended up moving out west, yeah. but um, it just nothing was ever quite the same for me. But yeah. Yeah, I love looking back on the 90s. It was a great time. I feel bad for the people that were born after.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I do think there is kind of, you you know, hearing you talk about it, I do think there is kind of this like, um, it was the way you said, was it better? I don't know. And that's the thing is I think we oftentimes... Convince ourselves that there was a time better, or there was a time before everything went wrong, you know. And for it does everyone, feel like everything has gone wrong right now. Like it does. Well, absolutely, I absolutely, mean, it feels like everything has gone cannot, wrong.
0: Cannot. <laughs> I cannot wrap my head around what is happening. What the the level of of divisiveness and hatred and fear and lies and like, I mean, the idea of like us like being. I don't, it, the, the conspiracy theories, and it's just, it's just crazy. It's fucking crazy. It's, and I do not handle it well. I, like, I am a very <laughs> anxious, I told you, I'm, like, anxious mm-hmm. right now because, you know, what's happening, we don't know what's happening. It's just, it's just a really scary time. So I, yeah. yes, I, I in, in a lot of ways, I think the 90s
1: were easier. <laughs> <laughs> I, I well, I think the problem is, is that, we're in such a dark time that everyone does want to go back to a simpler time when it felt better. But the problem is, is the country is divided on what time to go back to. Right, right, right. No one can agree on anything and everyone has an opinion.
0: And it's 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 really like like it's just wild right now. I know. Yeah. I'm so glad I don't do my talk show now. <laughs> I am so glad I'm not on the air every day, mm-hmm. you know, those women on the view, God bless them, having to like like mm-hmm. I, they they create enemies like you know, you just it's just I want I want to be liked by everyone. I want to <laughs> love everyone and accept them for their unique n- uniqueness and differences. Like I just, you know,
1: I, I am right there with you. That's it's where like, I'm at. So, sometimes I definitely feel like I don't know if I mean I I love working in entertainment, but sometimes being like a you you mentioned the view, I I, I forget sometimes that I'm very protected by my community, even you know as a as a entertainer working in the biz. But um when we when me and my uh, sisters went on The View to promote All-Star 7, it was the first time in years that like the mainstream audience that watches The View had gotten into my Twitter feed. No way. Was like, what was that like? Oh, oh, well, you know, just 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 yeah. I I'm apparently the devil and yeah. I'm apparently oh. Um, the reason for climate change. <laughs> You're the reason for climate change. That's a first one. No, you know, one. it wow. was it, just <laughs> everything. It was like, I'm going to eat babies. I'm going like, to, you know, satanic worship, the works. And I was like, oh, I just, it's so, it's so... Um, It's so jarring when you remember how many people in this country just hate us for who we are. And, like, anyone, anyone who's not a straight, cis, white, privileged person, you know, they hate you. (laughs) And It's... it's just... It's so it's scary painful. to be reminded it's, of that fact. <laughs> I, yeah, and
0: so that's why I think if you were doing drag before Twitter and before mm, you know all mm-hmm. of these platforms, it was probably a little easier, right?
1: Well, I, I, I'll say doing drag at fifteen without a cell phone definitely was a much more <laughs> right. full time in my life, right. <laughs> so you've got your podcast you're working on now um, you uh, do you have any in if, if someone called you today and said let's do a new Ricky Lake show um, mm. you were just saying you you're glad your show's not on right now because <laughs> that would be I and I totally get that but if if you had a dream next TV project and and um, it doesn't have to be the same format as your old show, but let's say someone was just like, Ricky, we want you back on TV. What would be your next dream project? Gosh,
0: I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm open to opportunity, you know, like I'm definitely not mm-hmm. close to it, but I'm not, I don't have that. I've never been <laughs> sort sort of a manifester in that way. Like I didn't manifest mm-hmm. this talk show career. It kind of came at me <laughs> and they picked mm-hmm. me for whatever reason. But, um, I don't know. I don't know what's next. I, I don't know whether to go back to acting. I really, really hope I get to be in John Waters' new movie. That would be really nice. But it's Have more about – Have you texted about, him yet? Have you just I, said- yeah, I, Oh, yeah, I did. And I tweeted it too. He's not on social media at all, but he knows. And, yeah, I, I would imagine, you know, he'll find something for me to do. Yeah. But um, – I'm so happy for him, and uh, I can't wait to see. You know, it's based on his last book, Liar Mouth, which is Mm -hmm, really mm -hmm. hilarious. And and uh, yeah, no, he's he's great. But I I can't answer that question. I don't know what kind of show. You know, Kaylin, my host, my co-host, and I are talking about doing some sort of live element of Mm -hmm. Raised by Ricky or the Ricky Lake Show, and do like Mm -hmm. one-offs. I don't know. He has these ideas, but (laughs) I'm I you know I'm tied. I like I feel like I'm 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 tied to my house. Like I don't like to leave my house. Like, I literally I, don't
1: like to leave at all. I completely feel you on that. And the uh, pandemic did not help with those feelings <laughs> because um, – Yeah, I became I a little get, bit of a recluse.
0: I mean, I fell in love during COVID. I I met Ross, my husband, during COVID. So we – he and I have never, like, really – we met. went to Canada once, but we really haven't traveled. We haven't done mm-hmm. the things I normally would do with my partner. But um, yeah. It's been nice. We've been nesting.
1: <laughs> I I was already kind of getting into the place of enjoying my time at home and enjoying my downtime a lot more than I yeah. had in the past. I, I was never really a party animal, a uh, party animal, but I, you know, like I I'd keep the I'd keep things going for days on end. You'd go uh, down. <laughs> I'd go <move> down. <laughs> and um, you know, like the last uh, ten years my life was spent on tour. So I got really used to not being at home. And then the pandemic happened and now I've got two cats that are my children. I'm <laughs> I've worked I so hard creating a space that I like to be in. Yes. And now to leave home is torture. <laughs> right,
0: right. I know. Getting, I just traveled out of the country. Like I said, I was in Copenhagen a couple of weeks ago and London and Berlin because I have a documentary that premiered at the Human Rights Festival in Berlin. And... Uh, it was so nice to leave. I, can't, I I used to love traveling. I mean, that was like mm-hmm. these adventures that I'd go on were a huge part of me in my life. And I told my husband, I came home from my trip. I was like, babe, we got to travel. Like we, while we're still <laughs> relatively young, we have to take advantage <laughs> of the fact that like there's a whole world outside of Malibu. And uh, so I hope to travel more next year. It was really nice to like get back to that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's been I I feel like I I definitely have come out of the pandemic with um newfound appreciation for certain aspects of my career that used to feel a little tedious, you know. Like I still hate airports, that'll never change. Yes. But one thing I'm proud to report is when I am in different cities or new cities, I am making a lot more time to put my phone down and look around back in the, back in the day I was so like concentrated on what's next and looking forward. And I remember one time my friend, we were driving around in Dublin, Ireland, and my assistant was like, you're missing Ireland. Cause you're answering emails. <laughs>
0: you yeah. Know? Yeah. And, that's
1: true. And so I'm really trying to practice like taking in those things because it is one of the perks of, of, of my job. Even though the travel is exhausting, I do get to see a lot of the world. And it might be whizzing by me, but if I'm staring at my phone the whole time, I'm not even going to see it whiz by me, you know? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's a lesson. Like, we have to
0: just put the smartphones down sometimes. It's so hard.
1: Yeah. I have compulsory questions that I ask every guest. You may answer them however you like. Okay. Um, There's three of them, and I'm going to ask them now. Are you ready? (laughs) Oh, my God. I'm holding onto my chair. Yes, I'm ready. (laughs) First question, are you
0: spiritual? Yes. Yes. I am not religious. I would not consider myself. Is it a, is it a yes or no answer, or do you want me to elaborate? Oh, no, you can talk as much as you want about it. <laughs> I'm, I've am i become, as I've gotten older, I'm much more spiritual, and I think that was Christian, my, my beloved, who passed away. He mm. exposed me to new ways of thinking, and also he's now on the other side or wherever he is, and I feel a very deep connection to him. So, you know, I've done a lot of plant medicine journeys, you know, ayahuasca, uh, more than more than ten times, and uh, i I'm always you know exploring and wanting to go five d and uh see things you know to feel things that i know i know exist even though we can't we can't tangibly feel them you know
1: mm-hmm. so yes, I am very spiritual i i I think that's my favorite answer I've ever. Heard. Oh, really? <laughs> because I was not expecting that in that answer I was going to hear. Oh my gosh, Ricky Lake loves ayahuasca. Oh, I didn't say I love ayahuasca, I did not use the word love at all.
0: I have gotten great, great healing, and um,
1: yes, I've been
0: transformed
1: by doing okay. that
0: medicine. So uh, I'll, it's. Work. I'll
1: rephrase that to: uh, she gets down with ayahuasca. I have. I have gotten down. Yes.
0: <laughs> but I never would have um, ever gone anywhere near that kind of experience had I not mm-hmm. been kind of gently guided to it by by my yeah. beloved Christian. He was he was an alien. I mean, he was like the guy I met through the fire. You know, I told you I had the fire on your birthday. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He came into my life at, at that time and it was the fire that kind of brought us together. And it's like I I know he was I, I know he was like put. In my life to teach me. He was my greatest teacher. And I went on to make a documentary about cannabis. You know, I was completely mm-hmm. anti, anti-drug. I mean, I was just like, you know, I was that 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 like I say I'm i I'm a disciple of Nancy Reagan, you know, the <laughs> just say no. Back, like back in when I did my show, I was super close-minded <laughs> and fear-filled and very judgmental about people that, you know. You know, but about drugs in general. And so now, you know, not only, not only am I a daily cannabis user, I'm, you know, <laughs> daily. I grow it in my yard. Um, but I also made a documentary called Weed the People about the medicinal aspects of the plant when it comes to
1: children and cancer. Ricky, I just, I'm falling in love with you. (laughs) (laughs) I was already in love with you, but I am just uh, like, uh, I relate to so much of what you're saying. First of all, I wasn't a product of Nancy Reagan, but I had dare to be sober. Oh, Um, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. And I was very indoctrinated by that for a long time. Me too. Um, And I have to say, you know, like uh, as someone who's sober from alcohol, but also a daily cannabis user who also, I, my aunt who had a a brain tumor discovered in her teenage years was told she wasn't going to live past, um, you know, her teenage years. And now she's in her mid forties. She's a modern marvel of medical science, but in at her current Place she is in life right now, she's completely off of opioid painkillers because she treats everything with um, very mindful, super concentrated THC and cannabis. Yeah, and it—I mean, like the—it just infuriates me that alcohol is legal in the whole country and weed is still so demonized in so many. Yeah,
0: but it's, it <laughs> is changing. That's somewhere that I it think is progress changing, is being yeah. made because when we started. I started making that film with my director and partner Abby Epstein in like mm-hmm. 2012, like 2011, and that was before Sanjay Gupta came on and made that a public apology about his take on cannabis and THC, but also CBD was suddenly being, you know, on the radar and oh, now yeah. everyone knows about CBD. So yeah, no, again, Christian Evans, I give him all the props. <laughs> he is the one that kind of showed me the way, you know, like taught me so much and um I'm doing really good work, you know because of him and that that movie We the people is his legacy and that's on Netflix and you should see it it's really it's really good it's really really Absolutely.
1: good <laughs> my next question for you is who is your celebrity crush today mm. <laughs> okay yeah cuz my husband and I
0: will talk about our like our free pass you know who's our free pass who Oh, my God, this is really hard. I don't know. I I used to like that actor um, – oh, my gosh, what's his name? He was from How I Met Your Mother. He's a really smart guy, and I did a play reading with him years ago, so I don't even know what he's doing now. His name – it's terrible. He's my crush, and I can't think of his name. But he and I – when I worked with him, he was talking to me. It was the first time I've heard about Burning Man, and Josh uh-huh. Radner. That's it. Josh Radner. They sent me. Yep, He was telling me about Burning Man and Ayahuasca. It's like two, you know, one conversation, but two different things. And and my eyes just bugged out of my head. And I thought he was so <laughs> attractive and I thought he was so smart. And that was maybe a celebrity crush I had many years ago, but that's boring. I wish I could come up with a better one. I'm <laughs> sorry. I'm not prepared.
1: You know, place I am so in love with my guy. I am so I'm not looking at anyone else. I hear you on that. I mean, I'm very much in love with my guy, but if Lil Nas X has nothing to do this weekend... Um, <laughs> mm. okay,
0: I'm in okay. Seattle. I I'm mean, about
1: to go on tour.
0: Who, who do I... I mean, there's definitely someone that was like, oh, he's attractive. Um, but I can't think of who it is. Sorry.
1: <laughs> Don't worry about it. I said you answer these questions however you feel. Um, the next question, and I'm pretty excited to ask you this, because in my notes, I hear that you are a huge fan of karaoke. So what is your karaoke go-to song? okay. Your go-to karaoke song. I have two.
0: (laughs) And uh, the first one, my my immediate go-to is Different Drum by Linda Ronstadt. (laughs)
1: Do you know it? Do you know it? Mm -hmm, Absolutely.
0: Do you want me to sing a little bit for you? Please do. It's early in the morning and I have dry mouth, but I'm going to try. (laughs) You and I... Travel to the beat of a different drum. Oh, can't you tell by the way I run? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you get it. I you get it. it. It's a vibe.
1: The, that is, um, that song is featured on mine and my husband's joint playlist.
0: <laughs> is it? Is it? Okay, yeah. good. No, I like it because yeah. it's like a classic. You know, it's not one that most people choose. I think mm. I sing it well. It's good in my range. It sounds lovely. And it's in Linda your range. Ronstadt. And another (laughs) song I would sing is Delta Dawn. That's another one I'd pick. Oh,
1: Delta Dawn. Um, I know the Bette Midler version of Delta Dawn. And um, I also, (laughs) that's an episode of Friends where... uh, Oh, my gosh. And Monica sings Delta Dawn, and she it takes all of her courage to get her up there. And she thinks the audience is loving her performance of Delta Dawn, but they can just see through her shirt because of oh, the, that's so the funny. shirt she's wearing. So they're all cheering for her breasts, but she thinks she's they're cheering for her song. That's hilarious. <laughs> I'll bet it was funny because Courtney Cox is hilarious.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and fun fact, fun fact, I bought my first house in L.A. from Courtney in, uh, oh in, really, uh, 2003. Yeah, when I moved back after after my show ended and 9/11 had happened, and I moved uh, to to Brentwood and bought my house from her. Wow, little little tidbit, little extra for you.
1: That, that is <laughs> a little. She has great taste. What a she fun piece killer of taste celebrity Yeah,
0: oh, it's not even gossip. <laughs> I think it's been printed before, but but she has an amazing taste, and she loves like flipping houses. It was an amazing, it was amazing house. I lived there for like twelve years,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, and then and then ultimately ended up here.
1: Malibu. What's Malibu like this time of year? I'm in Seattle. Um it's is it been, raining? It's raining. It's drizzling. It's been consistently gray for the last like, um four or five days. Like Halloween hit and then the weather went from spring to uh, overcast I don't think immediately. I, could,
0: I don't think I could live with that weather, like the weather in Portland and the weather. I mean, I love visiting. Uh, mm-hmm. I, yeah, I think that would get really tough for me. Um, in Malibu, it's gorgeous. I went on a hike this morning. <laughs> I, you know, I will never complain about any the weather here. It's it's perfect.
1: Ricky, you are living the dream. Uh, You're uh, you're in love with your partner. You're waking up in Malibu, going on morning walks. Getting late. I'm getting high. It's all
0: good, right?
1: (laughs) I I just can't tell you what what a lovely time it's been chatting with you. Oh,
0: thank you. I feel the same way. Such a pleasure.
1: Thank you so much for the contributions you've made to the world of entertainment. The contributions you've made to the LGBTQ plus community. Thank you for being a lifelong ally. Mm. Um, do you have anything you'd like to go out on? Um, where can my listeners find you on social media? Oh my God! Just I'm at Ricky Lake, and I'm <laughs> don't do TikTok. Even
0: the, I, I don't do that. I can't. I'm too old for that. And uh, yeah, they can if they want to check out my documentaries. They're at thebusinessofbirthcontrol.com. Um, and you froze again.
1: You froze. Again. There you are. There you are. It's this fucking hotel Wi-Fi. I paid for the goddamn upgraded <laughs> Wi-Fi. Anyway. Pussy willows, Dottie. <laughs> Pussy. <laughs> Thank you so much, Ricky. Thank you. Have a wonderful rest of your day. Thank mm-hmm. you so much. And thanks so much for listening to Jinx here on the Forever Dog and Moguls of Media Network. My name is Jinx Monsoon and we have new episodes every Wednesday, so make sure to search for Hi Jinx on your favorite podcast app and hit subscribe. You can follow me at the Jinx on Instagram or at Jinx Monsoon everywhere else, and I'll see you next Wednesday for some more Hi Jinx! To listen to Hi Jinx One Day Early and ad-free, sign up for Mom Plus at mompodcasts.plus. Hi Jinx is produced by Moguls of Media, aka Mom, hosted by me, Jinx Monsoon, and produced by Joseph Shepard. Editing and sound design by Will Pitts, Executive Produced by Willem Belli, Alaska Thunderfuck, Big Dipper, and Joe Silio.